no idea what we're even telling you I don't about. even, yeah, are we good? Okay, so we, um, this is, um... You need to do it like, okay, so... Introduction. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Find the Lit. I'm Emily. I'm Jess. We decided to do some spin-off episodes because we're both avid readers and in between reading the books we've chosen for the podcast, we get through plenty on our own. So we thought we'd do shorter episodes where one of us will talk to the other one about a book they've just finished. And the good thing about it is if the other of us haven't read it, then we are on the same side as the audience. Yeah. So hopefully you, me. <laughs> you won't have to have actually read the book to listen to these episodes. It'll be almost like recommendations yeah. from a friend. We'll count this as a pilot episode. Your, you know, your opinion is very welcome. We haven't really planned it out. Are we going to do it like you interview me? Or are we going to do it like... Oh, I don't know. I haven't prepared just for that. About it. Let's just have like a informal chat okay but it'll be trial and error we can improve it for the next time what are you reading at the moment then i'll go (laughs) well i've just read (laughs) this feels so weird by the way to be recording with you in front of me we haven't done this in like over a year and a half it's really nice actually (laughs) i know i think i talk differently when i'm on the phone with people yeah, do you think we both have our phone voices on for the last few episodes i think i'm really monotone when i'm on the phone (laughs) My voice goes higher when I'm on the phone. It's like, ha ha. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Em, what are you reading? Oh, wait, no, what have you just read? Yeah, but you wouldn't say that in oh. real life. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, it's this episode is called Emily Read. Uh, Emily Read, Lewis Percy by Anita Bruckner. Never heard of it. <laughs> Neither had I. So, Anita Bruckner is... Well, she's quite famous, um, English author, and... English, not American. Yeah, that's not usual for you. She's like the only English author I ever read. She's written, I can't remember how many novels, like loads of novels, at least ten. And I I think my dad might have told me about her, actually. He's a fan. I think, so then I read one of her novels, and now I have a thing where every time I'm in a charity shop or like a second-hand bookshop, I always look at the bees and see if I can find an Anita Bruckner and I buy them and so I've got quite a lot of them at home and so I'm just getting through them gradually Um, they're the kind of thing that is always at a second hand bookshop basically Um, along with Jeremy Clarkson's autobiographies yeah because how many times do you need to read that before (laughs) you give it away (laughs) zero (laughs) and she's um I don't know loads about like the context of her but I did listen to another podcast where they were talking about her and I think she's maybe a little bit misunderstood because people think that her writing is not kind of literary that it's a bit more just like an easy read or something and also the other thing that I've heard is that is leveled at her is that she's a bit of a one-trick pony like she all even though she's written so many books they're all basically about the same thing oh which (laughs) Which, is which I kind of do agree with in a way so she writes a lot about characters that live on their own in the suburbs of London somewhere and they're middle class and it's often around like suburban life and the loneliness of it but also the pleasure in it um, and the characters have sort of a lot of inner conflict around their lives and 
their like lack of intimacy with other people or their like disappointments in life and it often spans quite a lot of time like this one basically spans 30 years of his life really Mm. um and is it a case of like she's writing about what she knows I think, yeah, probably. I think she, it, in her in the biography it says apart from when she lived in Paris for one year, she's lived in London her whole life. And I think she may be dead now. So I think the way she writes about London and suburbia is from her own life. But I don't know about much else. I mean, I found this one fascinating because it's... Obviously, it's, she's a, a woman and she's writing it from the perspective of a man. And that's really interesting because... I think she's done it in a way which is really generous and kind-hearted but also she doesn't shy away from kind of I don't know like his his whole perception of women is through the prism of patriarchy and sexism and just what was normal at the time like it's set in like the 50s and 60s okay um and for her to try and like put herself in the shoes of just somebody who is basically a decent person who's kind-hearted but just has it so wrong in so many ways is I think really really interesting and I don't think I could ever write something like that Um, is he likable he's like an annoying but likable character like you just you're just like oh Percy (laughs) he basically has he his dad dies when he's really young and it's just he's just brought up by his mum and they're really really close and his mum is a classic like suburban housewife she just potters about the house really silently and everything she does is for him and it's she's all just kindness and domesticity and he the way he like remembers her is just her sort of like quietly leaving a room to go and tidy the kitchen or something like that and he loves that and he wants to find that for himself so he he really wants to get married but his idea of marriage is having a woman that's like that. Yeah. But he doesn't see that as a negative thing. He just sort of, that's how he sees, like he talks about how he loves women and he loves their company because for him they represent like comfort and being looked after and kind heartedness and everything. And he marries this woman that he meets at the library and you just know it's like doomed from the beginning because they're not really in love. He just sees her as this like innocent, basically, that he can like look after and save. And it, it doesn't end up being like that. Okay. Um, and he, he doesn't have an affair. He, he has nearly has an affair, but he doesn't because he's so good. Hang on, but so they do get married They then. do marry, yeah. Oh no. And she, but she's like convinced that he has had an affair. Um, it that's quite a classic of her books is like sort of there isn't actually a lot of action and drama which is weird because that's normally that's normally something that literary books do so I wonder why she's like why does she have a reputation for being kind of non-literary when I don't know like when something doesn't have a storyline it's normally not seen as a kind of page turner it's yeah it's I think I mean I might have interpreted that wrong and maybe the maybe things are shifting but I think Mm. maybe at the time it just wasn't taken seriously okay and she was actually an art critic and a history of art person and she didn't start writing novels until later in her life sorry it's my phone so maybe people just didn't think that that was her primary thing okay yeah um I just love the way she writes about she just captures that like feeling so well of like walking into of how someone might feel like walking into their house 
and it's empty for another night but just what that's like for like five years or something okay um and there's like it's all really really internal monologues like the actual sort of dialogue is so bare like there's hardly a word actually written um a lot of it's just all about how he feels about a situation um do you only see stuff from in his head then or do you see stuff from in her head as well or just their conversations it it's never from the wife's perspective but it shifts because he'll go into these long thought processes about what he thinks his wife is thinking okay. and it kind of mixes it up and you kind of forget that that's just still his perception of it mm. um it's really good it sounds great i love stuff that's really relationship centric and yeah. focused maybe that's, that's why she wasn't as respected because yeah. a lot because most of them are about a woman in that position and they're all just about a sort of middle-aged woman who's a bit of a loner and hasn't really found love and what that's like this is precisely what we were saying i mean our episode on the group might not have even been released when we <laughs> released this because this might be quicker to edit but um that's kind of what we've spoken about before as well with other stuff is that when something's written by a woman and is about the woman's sphere it is kind of like looked down upon i think that might have been what it what happened with her yeah at the time um and but even though nothing really happens for ages it it is in a way it is a bit of a page turner because you want to find out what happens to him and you want him to be happy um and i just but i just think it's so frank and so honest about life's disappoint life's disappointments Mm -hmm. and you know what you think you want when you get it isn't actually what you wanted or it doesn't turn out to be that way god is it as dreary and kind of pessimistic as something like ethan frome <laughs> about marriage or is it does it have some optimism ethan frome i think in a way feels like very allegorical doesn't it like it's it's a story about him but it's representing something bigger yeah. whereas i think her books are more trying to imagine what it's actually like for one particular person, so it doesn't make okay. a statement. Um, I think she, if, if she is making a statement, a lot of it could be about like British people and what they're like, and the way that often people just kind of assume that that's just the way it is, or I'm not going to try and reach for anything better for myself mm. I think it it seems very English the way all the characters are with each other like they're never actually saying what they think <laughs> ever it's all just kind of polite middle class stuff yeah um, incredibly repressed and then it kind of ends unexpectedly in that he there's another woman comes along who's like the antithesis of his wife because she's um she's higher up in the social ladder than him but almost like a bit of a new woman and she kind of wears flowy skirts and swears and is quite like physical in that way Um, as in something he wouldn't have wanted in a wife necessarily yeah basically the opposite but he's really drawn to her and she's the one that wants him to sleep with her and he's like i won't do it because he has all these ideas of heroism and chivalry and things um but then it kind of ends on a cliffhanger where it's suggested that they're going to get together oh um and you and you just don't know because you think like that could just be a terrible idea because he still has this idea that he can save her in some way and whether it's going to end up with them being married and happy or whether that would be an impossibility yeah yeah i also like her books as well because 
she yeah it must be quite drawn from her own experiences because she was an academic because he is an academic um and is very like fusty and in that world and a lot of her characters are, are like translators so they sort of they're like freelance and they just go to the British Library every day and that's their job or yeah they go and live in Paris for a bit and re- do some research and there's definitely an overrepresentation of characters like that in literature kind of like the people in literature yeah. are normally literary themselves yeah. like it's very rare that you get a book of fiction that is about a mathematician or a scientist or, or someone of a lower class, or which is why it, Ethan Frome was so different. Yeah, or if it is, then that's, like, the class thing is the point of the novel, yeah. in a way. Yeah. Like, I, I quite I quite like the way she does it, cause maybe because I can relate a bit more, not that I am an academic, but, you know, that, that could have been my life. <laughs> Don't maybe. put yourself down, Em. <laughs> maybe if I, I could have gone into academia <laughs> and been in the British Library every day, and... His character, he's like constantly conflicted because he, he, it's like he's a really old man in the body of like a 25 year old because he's just like wasting away his days in the British Library doing his like research on 19th century heroism and oh, literature. Okay, yeah. And he, and in a way, he loves the books and he loves that world and he loves the quiet of the, the library and everything. But then he's also a bit like, maybe I want more or maybe I want something else is that but that's like symbolic right of being kind of a bit clouded by the past or these old conventions mm. and that ultimately limits him and the way he lives his life because he picks a wife based on those kind of old yeah. principles that he's inherited from his parents and that he's writing about and reading about yeah. and it's almost like he compares himself to the heroes in his books even when it's about him not having the affair he's like oh god like a hero in a book would have had an affair and you know <laughs> would have left his wife and done something dramatic in, in that way where he was being being a man you know taking what he wanted kind of thing and yeah following through with his desires and he like can't even do that because he's you know too too good and has too high morals um oh it sounds great can i look at it yeah. it's not something i would pick up i have to say no like yeah the cover it looks exactly. like it would be very boring she's just the way she and i just think her actual you know just going back to it being literary her writing is exquisite and it's very unshowy like show it doesn't try and show off in a literary way but the way she just describes a feeling on a particular day and they and they're almost like they're realistic feelings because they're not it's not like you know utter grief or utter happiness or pure ecstasy she's just describing like more everyday feelings that mm-hmm. you kind of feel for a little bit and then they morph into something else yeah who's tissy that's a that's good his name. wife <laughs> is it quite frank about sex stuff or does it not really go into things like that it's not like the group where it's all just de- it's described like no in this it's pretty much set it alludes to the fact that they do have sex and it's very boring and bland and he doesn't know if she enjoys it okay classic but it's not it wouldn't, it wouldn't like describe the act of it or anything yeah um yeah I think it, it may be quite like a. I think it in a way sometimes goes into sort of parody in terms of like the what middle class people are like and maybe is trying to make fun and, and it's supposed to be funny as well because um, I did laugh a lot at some bits um, yeah and it 
I think when you read them, it kind of makes you want to really make the most of your life. <laughs> it's kind of like a warning in a way. Like, really? That's good. Yeah, yeah without you realising that it's doing that. But I guess then the the conflict of it is that you, you he hasn't necessarily chosen that path. He didn't know that he was going to end up with that life. But as a reader, you see the points where he could have made a different decision. But maybe that is, it's a warning against being complacent or just going along with social norms or not questioning yourself and your perception of what's good or what's right for you. And I think because then he feels totally left behind, like he's still a, a, a 1950s man when actually he's in the 1960s, but he can't, like, he's just so different from the changes that are happening. Um, and there's some funny bits about how like the library is just empty all the time or he'll like just smell like marijuana sort of from the corridors <laughs> and get really angry and go and tell them off and stuff. But oh, he, that's so interesting. So he's at that pivotal moment yeah. like in time and his character is kind of like torn between those two worlds. Yeah. So I really like her. And I guess, yeah, in that sense, she's re- she's quite like reliable. Like I kind of, you know if you pick her up yeah i'm gonna enjoy enjoy it it. but in a way where people go to the library and they get who are those authors that have written about a hundred gazillion books and then you kind of go and pick another one and it's exactly the same storyline to the extent where you could have already read it it's more like television in a way in that sense isn't it yeah but but i think i do think she's brilliant at the way she yeah the way she gets out kind of nuances of feeling and atmosphere across someone's whole life Amazing. So how is this going to work? Are you going to give it a rating? No. Okay. I don't think we should do ratings for this one. No. Because we wouldn't be able to compare our ratings anyway, would we? No, that's true. But I guess we wouldn't necessarily be recommending a book in this, because obviously sometimes you read a book and don't really like it. Yeah. But are you recommending this book? Yeah. Yes. That will be the question, would you recommend yeah. it? I would recommend any Anita Bruckner, even ones I haven't read. <laughs> Wow, that's how confident you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think this is the f- fourth one. Yeah, fourth Anita Brickner I've read. Cool. Well, you've yeah. convinced me. You've sold it to me. That's good. That was the aim. Well, this was Final It with Emily Red Anita Brickner's <laughs> Lewis Percy. That rolls off the tongue. Um, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.